Two crees in a pod. Two crees in a pod. Natani means. Yeah. Let's go. They pushed us to this point, frustrations of a common man Manifest the destiny, preach and pledge the promised land I'm stuck between taking my journey, live with no honor Like what's the use of my kids, can't taste clean water A child born into a world, revolution's not a choice Fighting to be heard, so we make them hear our voice Remember ancestors, anguish, lightning in our veins Hear it in a language when they are kissing for the rain I am product of people that persevere, persecution Paint me so creator sees me if I go out shooting Experience our pain when our women disappear daily Anxious to be angry, pacifists might hate me Trolls on the internet constantly trying to bait me We move in silence, cover of the night Learning from the wolves in the forest Tracking enemies in the woods Reincarnations of warriors riding for salvation Or are we false prophets when we submit to temptation? Colonization is a hell of a drug We all seem to go crazy when we fall in love I said colonization is a hell of a drug We all seem to go crazy when we fall in love I said Welcome to Two Crees in a Pod. I biggest My name is Amber Dion, and I am from the Kihiwan Cree Nation here in Treaty Six Territory. I'm a mother, a social worker, and assistant professor with McEwen University School of Social Work, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host. Welcome, my name is Terry Sungens. I'm from Salt Lake Cree Nation, and I'm the Director of Indigenous Initiatives in Kihiwetsin at McEwen University. We are so honored that you chose to join us today. Hi, so welcome to episode two. And today we have Sharon Steinhauer joining us today. Sharon Steinhauer was a instructor for both Amber and I at Blue Quills University. Um, and we also had the pleasure also have- of working with her um, at the university um, after we received our degrees. So thank you for joining us, Sharon. I have Amber here as well. Uh, One of the first questions we just want to throw at you is just to share with all of us and our listeners um, a little bit of who you are and where you come from. All right. Thanks. Thanks for asking me. And um, I live in Satellite Cree Nation uh, for 45 years now. This has been my community. And I've been teaching in social work, first in addictions and then in a university setting. I have a large blended family, um, and I've just recently, I re, some people call it retiring, <laughs> but I transitioned from uh, a full-time career to part-time uh, and busy volunteer commitments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, one of the things that I just want to add uh, as to why we asked you uh, specifically, Sharon, to join us on our podcast was because Terry and I both feel as though you are a quote unquote expert. And I don't know if you're comfortable with that language, but that's something that I definitely would, uh, that's the language I would use when I'm describing uh, you uh, in relation to circle. And um, I think that if I remember back to our early days in the classroom at Blue Quills, and I remember you uh, talking to us about circle process and about circle protocols. And so we wanna share with our listeners a bit about circle protocol. And I know that you have that amazing knowledge uh, that you carry with you. Is there anything that you wanna kind of talk about in the beginning around circle 
uh, give us an introduction to Circle Process? Yes, well, I've come to know over time that we are all Circle people. The Circle is embedded in us. Uh, in fact, we carry it in our DNA. And we all, um, I say we're all Circle people because we all have tribal histories and even Europeans who might be far removed from those tribal roots. Uh, it uh, Circles live as genetic memory. And so when we come into circle, we feel like we belong. Mm -hmm. I, I appreciate that. Uh, even just that initial comment about uh, all of us, uh, regardless of where we come from, having tribal histories and about how our ancestors or folks who are non-Indigenous, how their ancestors may have resolved challenges or disagreements in their communities. Um, and so thinking about that, thinking about using circle uh, and having that in our DNA and using that as a tool to resolve conflict, for example, um, can you give us some examples of how and when circles are used, not just in social work practice, but across uh, all disciplines, really? Right. Right. Circles can be anywhere and they are everywhere. Um, and we use circles a lot, uh, particularly with families uh, or groups in conflict or sharing circles. There's many kinds of circles, different circles, different intents. And they're more commonly experienced, I think, by people in, uh, in um, recovery settings or uh, sharing uh, circles where they're processing grief, um, uh, personal issues, but they're in every setting, health, schools, <clears throat> social work, justice. I'm also a trainer, and so I'm a trainer in family group conferencing, which is bringing co families in conflict with child and family services, bringing them together to make uh, plans for the well-being of their children. But I also do training in restorative justice, which is bringing victims and offenders together along with the support people on both sides um, mm -hmm. to restore relationships, address uh, the conflict. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So one of the things, I guess, for some of our listeners who would be listening and, and haven't necessarily done or participated in Circle before, what are some of the Circle protocols um, that you could share with us? Okay, so a lot of people don't think of circles as having structure because they, we fall into them or we enter into them so easily, mm -hmm. but they do have structure and it's the structure that creates safety and provides a positive experience for people. So the structure really requires certain uh, um, aspects to occur and one is, you, is ceremony, so we mm -hmm. anchor ourselves to be mindfully present in the space that we're about to participate in. So for Indigenous people, ceremony usually means a smudge, um, a prayer. For other groups, it may mean a song, a poem. Uh, we ask whoever is uh, in the circle what they would like to bring to anchor us so that we become, we shift from the busy clutter of being out there to sort of an inner space and ceremony helps us do that, right? Mm -hmm. Then we have a talking piece. Um, this is really important in new circles is that the talking piece establishes the rhythm of the group, mm -hmm. the tempo, and the person who has the talking piece, whether it be a rock, 
a stick, a feather. Uh, in a children's circle, it could be a teddy bear. You know, could be anything yeah. that's relevant to the group. And so whoever has the talking piece ha is talking and everybody else is actively listening without interruption. And then we have a circle facilitator, that circle keeper who whose job is not to control the group, but to maintain the emotional tone to help uh, create, maintain that safety for people. Uh, if some people go on over long, it might require an interruption but for the mm -hmm. most part we try not to interrupt people um, or if people are need a timeout the circle keeper may uh, request that as well so they just maintain the safety and emotional tone of the group and um, then we have guidelines so guidelines are really important the kind of guidelines we ask uh, families to generate their own guidelines and we start with what is what would it take what kinds of um, behaviors would make this a safe experience for you and people will generate their own guidelines mm -hmm. uh, no interrupting no side talking no swearing um, uh, have fun no exes <laughs> no exes <laughs> yes exactly think of all of those think of all of those things over the years right? it's like, what have I learned about guidelines <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's the structure. So when we pay attention to that structure, that's what maintains the safety of the group, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, I really appreciate, um, so that piece around, so, and, and I keep thinking about our listeners while you, while you're talking, Sharon, I keep thinking about the people who want to listen and want to learn. And again, we don't have just social workers uh, primarily listening to our podcast. We have teachers, mm -hmm. we have community members, we have folks who are working yeah. in all um, social sectors of, of uh, work. Mm -hmm. And so I was reminded when you were talking about even how we can use Circle in educational spaces. And I know that... Uh, in, in the university, for example, in some of the classes that I teach, I mean, I, as you, as you know, I, I'm a, I'm a blue quills kid. Yep. Um, and I, you know, my formal education was very deeply rooted in circle and mm -hmm. how we started classes was in circle. And I think about when I started teaching in other academic institutions that was a bit foreign to, to folks. Right. Um, and so I think about how, how do we do it well in educational, um, in, sorry, in educational spaces? How do we do circle well with children, for example, in schools? And you talked about emotional regulation or about, you know, setting the emotional tone or taking care of that, the facilitator really taking care of that, of that emotion. And so what do you think social workers and teachers and et cetera, et cetera, need to know about, about doing that well? Well, the structure I've talked about, uh, it's the same structure, no matter what the age of the participants. Uh, so circles are, they're universal in their, in the process and they, the child's voice has as much uh, uh, strength as the elder voice. And uh -huh. so it's a, uh, it's a place to find common ground, right? So uh -huh. when we do uh, the training with teachers uh, around circles with kids, um, in the classrooms, 
we we teach the, the them about circle guidelines as well and they're they're basically four of them speak from the heart your truth your experiences your perspectives so what's your truth uh, listen from the heart let go of stories that make it hard to hear each other trust you will know what to say so no need to rehearse you know how sometimes like when you first start going into circle and you realize oh my gosh uh, it's going to be my turn to talk and you start getting busy in your head and you start thinking about what you're going to say. And then you realize you haven't heard the person who's been talking. Right. So, so we learn over time to suspend all worry, just the trust that the words will come when it's your turn. Right. Right. And then say just enough without feeling rushed, be concise, be considerate of others. So we really have to remind people there's only so much time. Everybody has to be heard from at least once. Um, and there's a great manual teaching restorative practices with classroom circles. If you, if people just Google that teaching restorative practices with classroom circles, it's seven teacher ready lesson plans on how to get the circle process going with children in classrooms. Amazing. Awesome resource. Yeah. And, and I'm glad that you brought up that resource because one of the things that we wanted to ensure was that along with each episode, we had resources for folks. Mm -hmm. um, and so that'll be a great resource to attach to this episode. Um, are there any others that you can think of that we um, might uh, want to take or that listeners might want to take a look at? Well, there's uh, there are more materials around circles now. I mean, it made it kind of made it my business to, to sort of gather them up. And uh, one of the people that has done training in the province is Kay Pranis, P-R-A-N-I-S. And you can uh, look for any materials by her. But you can also go to a website. It's uh, called thecircleway.net. And they've got basic guidelines for circles, plus learning opportunities, a pocket guide, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So there are more materials out there. Right. Uh, and I have uh, another question. As, as we were reading through uh, your bio, and we have your bio attached to uh, the social media posts that we have, and one of the things that struck me in your bio was about if we use circle more, our world would be a lot more at peace. And I, I remind, I, I don't know if that was the correct wording, but that's what I thought I read. Yes. And, and so I think about even, you know, uh, prior to, or even just like me and my children, you know, uh, how we use circle at home, like me and my children use circle at home. And I want our listeners to really understand that. And I know Terry probably has, I know Terry has stories as well about what it means to even just have circle at home and how children's voices at home are just as valuable as my voice as a mother. And so when we're sitting at the dinner table and we are eating dinner together, for example, we have circle at the dinner table and we talk about, you know, what's important to us. And uh, I share this story often with my students about how when my daughter was little, my oldest daughter was little, she wanted to, she was yearning for conversation at the dinner table and she created question of the day. Right. And so question of the day is whatever happens, you know, uh, sorry, when people gather at the dinner table, she'll say, okay, well, who has a question of the day? And now my younger one does it as well. And so I might say, okay, what was the favorite, what was your favorite part of your day? And so we all share. And so circle can be right at home at your dinner table 
uh, with your children. Absolutely. Absolutely. I always uh, say I, I, I walk around with a pocket full of circles because you never know when opportunity <laughs> will emerge, right? Yes. You, you can take one out and do them anywhere. And, and <laughs> I know Thank for... I know for, you know, when I started working at McEwen University, one of the first things that I needed to engage in with my team was to have circle and a number of circles and just doing that regularly through our meetings. Um, and I don't think they they really noticed that I was doing it at first until, you know, about a month in. They're like, oh, we know what you're doing. You know, you're having circles with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, it was really you, you right. In there, eh? <laughs> She's got pockets full of circles too, Sharon. You yes. taught us to have pockets full of circles. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing is that they're, they're, they're just so easy. They're so practical and they form that space where everybody gets heard. You know how, how often people feel like they're not heard and you guys Absolutely. know I've supervised practicum students over the years and I, I, I have talked to students uh, who've said, I don't think I belong here. Um, mm-hmm. People are talking a mile and a half a minute. I go to the staff meeting and by the time I have something to say, it's moved on, right? And then a supervisor, right. a supervisor will say, oh, I don't know if that student's a good fit here. Uh, she doesn't seem to offer her voice. She's pretty quiet. And so when I say, well, why don't you try circle at a staff meeting? Uh, because we always have some people who are quicker out of the gate, quicker to respond, mm-hmm. right? Different temples. I learned that a long time ago from my linguist friend who said we, we every culture has a different tempo. And so uh, as the people with European backgrounds are on a a three to four second speaker responder cycle and people of a more reflective culture will be on a six to seven speaker right. responder cycle. And so fast people need to slow down because mm-hmm. those people who are more reflective can't speed up in the way that we can slow down. Right. So uh, uh, a supervisor would do a circle in a staff meeting and like, and you ask everybody, right. You go right. around, everybody has a voice, everybody has a input. And so it created the space, it creates the space all the time for quiet voices to be heard. And Absolutely. So- and I think one of the really important things that I've learned through circle process is that as a supervisor is in having these spaces and creating these spaces is that we have our meetings and yes, we are, we are tending to our programming within our organization but we are also creating space to check in where everybody's at so that we create, again, a supportive environment. We create an understanding if one of us is struggling or going through something, maybe it's a loss in our family or in our community, that we're able to express that. Um, and so that we could also have compassion for one another in our workspaces. And I think that's a huge piece of, you know, circle processes is that how do we, you know, find understanding and a compassion for one another through that process. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Yeah. Because we're not just what we do. It's right. important that we know each other who we are. Right. Right. I have <clears throat> I have a question and, and maybe this will be one of our final questions to you, Sharon, um, is around, you know, we know that right now we're in unprecedented times, that everything is going virtual everybody's going online. Uh, You know, I think about, you know, the university students that I'll be teaching in the fall. And also, you know, my kids who are in school, Terry's children who are in school, 
you know, how do you have any advice or anything that you might want to offer to folks who are doing online virtual learning and how to ensure that we continue that circle process through virtual forms? Gosh, you know, that's the struggle that we're all having because yeah. the circle, well, we're all hardwired to be in relationship. Uh, relationships are medicine. We are medicine for each other. And so when we can't come together in that mm -hmm. relational space, we're not getting the lift, uh, the medicine that we need to, mm -hmm. to support each other, right? And so I am, I'm teaching a course right now online with uh, BSW students. And we talked about that on the weekend is missing ceremony, missing the shared collective mm -hmm. space, right? Missing mm -hmm. the circle process. So we do the best we can um, in a virtual way, but it it has its limitations. I I still start each day with a prayer or a drum song. Um, mm -hmm. So the classes start that way, and I, I ask students to participate, contribute to that. But it is, I, I people are feeling it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think if we can go to at least a blended where maybe you can't be in each other's space all the time, uh, but mm -hmm. there must be times when we can do that just because it's the medicine we need. Right. Yeah. So Sharon, do you have any comments as we wrap up here? You know, I, I, I've been listening to all the stuff that's going on around the world, around conflict and everything. And uh, my heart mm -hmm. cries at the, uh, the pain that people are going through. And, mm -hmm. and there is opportunity for, for some resolution, the, the stuff that's going on in the States around the, the, you know, the protests and everything, but we, we need to stop and listen to each other. And that's the hardest thing to do. We're often uh, taught to be, uh, develop our public speaking skills, but when was the last time you heard anybody talk about your public listening skills? Huh. You know, mm -hmm. we're just not trained uh, really yeah. to be good listeners. And yet, uh, what do the elders tell us? Uh, the creator gave us one mouth and two ears. We should be listening twice as much as we're talking. Uh, right. And, and if we could just bring people into that space, slow, slow things down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we need to get we need to get Trump into a circle is what you're saying. <laughs> Well, everybody, let's get, <laughs> let's get everybody. So I, I want to go back to your family circle uh, that you talked about earlier. You know, those are circles. So circles build yeah. relationships. And yeah. when you have that uh, question of the day and, or a sharing circle, you're, you're just building community, right? You're building family right. community, a community group. Um, but they're also for conflict. So you can use yeah. circles really informally or formally and less structured, more structured, right? It, yeah. uh, it depends upon the opportunity that's in front of you. So kudos to you for uh, inviting your family and your colleagues into the process. That's, that's how we learn. Well, and we learn that from, from folks like you, Sharon. So thank you. Uh, for uh, engaging us as younger learners um, into into that circle, so we we thank you for that, Sharon. Well, and I need to say that you're uh, you're the proof that I did something good hmm. when you're out there doing <laughs> circles. So that's the the gift you take forward, right? 
Right. And I had the greatest gift the family did for me one time was when they came back and said, you know, that thing you taught us about circles, we do that now. Nice. You know, it's it's everybody. It's possible for everybody. I agree. I agree. Well, thank you so much, Sharon, for for being with us today. Uh, We um, we thank you for sharing the knowledge that you have. And uh, we appreciate you very much. And so thank you. Thank you for joining us on Two Crees in a Pod. Thank you so much. Love you, too. Thank you. Love Thank you. you. Love you too. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Two Crees in a pod.